Welcome to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, we're going to talk about vitamins, health, nutrition. We're going to also kind of take some shots at the FDA maybe a little bit. Why don't we uh, learn a little bit more about generic drugs? Are they really just inexpensive, better quality? Maybe people might think so. Better alternative to the brand name drugs? Or are there problems there? Hey, everything comes down to money. Just because the FDA sanctions it doesn't mean it's for real, doesn't mean it's not dangerous to you. But we're going to talk with my guests today about that, Joe and Terry Graydon. They come out of North Carolina. They run the People's Pharmacy, very famous. Go to the website. They have their own radio show. You will learn a lot from these people. Joe, Terry, welcome to my show. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, John. Nice to be with you, John. Uh, Thank you very much. Now, let me ask uh, with the two of you. How did you get into, you know, doing this as an occupation? I mean, you you have the People's Pharmacy. Uh, you, you're involved in so many different areas of health and nutrition. How did that come about, especially as a husband and wife team? Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a complicated story. We'll make it very short. Uh, I'm a pharmacologist by training. Okay. And we met at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor in graduate school. I'm a medical anthropologist, and uh, to do my doctoral research, I dragged Joe off to Oaxaca, Mexico, (laughs) I like to say kicking and screaming, so that I could do research on uh, nutrition and health status. Of course, we fell in love with Oaxaca. It's an amazing part of the country of Mexico. I taught in the medical school there for a couple of years while Terry was collecting nutrition information and uh, started writing a book while there called The People's Pharmacy. It was published in 1976. It went on to become a number one bestseller on the New York Times list for almost a full year. This was at the beginning of the self-care revolution in this country. Mm-hmm. That went on to uh, lead to a newspaper column that's been syndicated around the country. It went on to a radio show syndicated on public radio. Eventually, a website, uh, 19 other books. So we've been writing about health matters now for almost 40 years. What's the biggest difference you guys have seen since the beginning of it, going back to the, uh, you know, you said like the mid to late 70s? Because I'm 45. My father, not that much older than me, and I was my mother, but I remember my father starting to get involved in vitamins in the mid to late 70s, early 80s, because he was diagnosed with hypoglycemia. So, again, my question comes right back. What, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the industry and in how vitamins are looked at today as far as the therapy goes? Well, I'll start because I think before the People's Pharmacy came out, people swallowed a lot of pills. Mm-hmm. They oftentimes didn't even know what they were swallowing. They certainly were not told what the side effects were. And so it was a trust us, we're in charge, you're the patient, do as we tell you. And now I think most patients realize that they had better know what it is they're taking, what's wrong with them, and how it could be addressed. Because if they just blindly follow doctor's orders, they could get themselves in a pile of trouble. And I think because people are much more active and involved, they are very concerned about all aspects of their health. Uh, You know, we've seen so many flip-flops over the years. I mean, just this past week we heard about saturated fat not causing heart attacks. Mm -hmm. We were told eggs were bad for us for a very long time. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so people are saying, I want to become not just knowledgeable but involved in my own health care. And like your father, I think today people are much more health conscious. 
they're much more willing to do their own research, and they're much more willing to take responsibility for their health. Well, you hit it right on the mark. It's interesting because if you look back, and I'm going to go right into that baby boom generation, you can see each phase of their lives becoming everyone else's life. You can see the beginning of vitamins being utilized. You can see exercise going mainstream in the early 80s and so on and so forth. Now as the baby boomers age and come more into their golden years and beyond that, you see them, you, you see how things are being looked at as far as, again, vitamins are being taken. Again, they're being looked at in a deeper way. Uh, you know, different medications coming out. So everything's kind of followed that path of the baby boom generation. Would you agree with that? Well, I think the baby boom generation, there's just so many of us, and mm. I'm at the very front end of that baby boom generation. I was born in 1947. Um, it, it, there are just so very many of us that we definitely have had an impact on the country, whether it wanted us to or not. Oh, without and, a doubt. <laughs> and, and we've wanted to take more control of our lives. I mean, there was a time when you went to the bank, and the bank basically did whatever it wanted to with your money. I mean, here's my money. You take care of it. Well, today, people want to know, you know what kind of an investment they're going to have, what kind of retirement they're going to have. They, they want to know every aspect. Well, it's not just their financial situation. It's, it's, I think people recognize that their health is even more important than, their, <laughs> than the money in the bank. And so as a result they are taking much more control. I mean, let's just take one example, statins. Yes. These drugs are among the most prescribed drugs in the world today. We were told uh, just this week by a group that analyzed the new guidelines from the American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology that 13 million more Americans need to be taking statins than are currently taking statins. Very recently, another group that did a big analysis looked at the research that has been done comparing people taking statins to people taking placebos and said, oh, well, all those side effects you think statins have, they're all in your mind. Oh, yeah, people they're all in your mind. People get statin side effects, too. Well, what we see, of course, on our website, on our radio show, is that people are not, they're not accepting that. You know, maybe, maybe 50 years ago, if uh, the medical profession said, Everybody needs to be taking a statin, and there are no side effects. People would go, okay, doctor, give me the pills, no problem. Today, people are going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Exactly. I took Lipitor, and my muscles started to hurt. Yes. Now, there actually is a big difference between the drugs that were prescribed 50 years ago and the drugs that are being prescribed today, like statins. And the big difference is that 50 years ago, most of the time, if your doctor wrote you a prescription, it was to try to treat or even cure something that you had that was already wrong with you, whereas uh, statins and some of our other medications are used preventively. It's used to try to keep something from becoming wrong with you. And, the, and there's a, an enormous difference in the weight of benefit versus risk as you uh, compare those two. Yeah, and then finally, where are you getting all those pills? You mentioned in your promo for the show they're coming from India, they're coming from China, oh, yeah. they're coming from Thailand and Brazil. How good are those medicines? Well, we can talk about that. Oh, it's on, trust me, guys, it's on my list because I, I'm very fascinated by health. I'm very fascinated by uh, the use of, you know, conventional medication. I'm very fascinated by the use of vitamin therapy. I think both have a place together in a lot of cases where you might need a conventional drug, but you also might want to bring in 
now, you know, different types of vitamin therapy and so forth. But you hit on something. You know, it really all comes down to money. Let's step back and take a look at the FDA right now. How long have they been pestered, come at, by the pharmaceutical industry to get involved, the pharmaceutical, to get involved in, you know, regulating supplements? That would only benefit the pharmaceutical companies because they cannot patent natural, uh, you know, natural things. They can't patent, you know, certain things that go into drugs and so forth. Well, John, actually, there was a huge push on the FDA back in the early 1990s -hmm. because the FDA had begun to make little noises that it was going to uh, regulate supplements, especially vitamins, and um, people got very excited about that. And, in fact, the Congress got more mail about that than any other health issue, I believe, in history. As a result, Congress passed an act called the Deshaies, D-S-H-E-A Act, the um, Dietary Supplement and Health Education Act, Mm -hmm. which has pretty much set up the natural health industry as it currently exists. But the problem, quite candidly, John, Mm -hmm. is that the FDA then walked away. And when they walked away they allowed for anyone and everyone to get involved, not, not just in dietary supplements and vitamins, but just about anything that's out there. And because the FDA no longer even regulates quality, when you go to the health food store and you buy a particular supplement, you have no way of knowing if it has what it's supposed to have in the label, if there are any contaminants. And so if, if we were instead in, let's say, New Zealand or Australia or Germany or France or England or Canada or just name just about any other country, where you can buy supplements and feel quite confident that you're getting your money's worth and that it's pure, in this country, it's a bit of a Wild West show. And that's another problem with, like we were just mentioning, the generic drug Mm -hmm. manufacturing. The FDA hasn't stepped up to the plate there either. Um, The vast majority of generic manufacturing is now abroad. And the vast majority of the plants have not been inspected. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Well, you step back and we get back into the, you know, to the FDA and supplementation. To me, it sounds like they just said, hey, look, this is what you want, public. We're going to give it to you. We're going to step back. And then we'll wait for the backlash that I think they believe will still eventually come where people are going to say, hey, we need to you know, have some regulations within the uh, supplement type area. Now, at the same time, though, I'm not sure if I truly want that, and, and, and my reasoning, and maybe you guys can back me on this, I like to do my own research. I like to use the Consumer Lab Nutrition site. I like to there, listen that, to see, shows. That, now, now you're talking, yeah. because unfortunately, most people don't hear your show and don't know what you're recommending. I wish they did, because ConsumerLab.com is, in fact, an excellent resource and will allow individuals who are so motivated to be able to make wise choices. Because Todd Cooperman, who is a colleague and who we worked together with when uh, it came to the generic drug investigation of Budeprion, mm-hmm. the generic from Wellbutrin, he was able to find that they weren't dissolving equally, and we eventually found out that this particular antidepressant, this generic antidepressant, wasn't even bioequivalent to the brand name. But Todd Cooperman, who runs ConsumerLab.com, investigates vitamins and dietary supplements and all sorts of products, and that is one way for consumers to learn more about what is and is not 
effective. But isn't that the best thing to teach, if, you know, especially with the program that the two of you have with your website? Teaching, go out, educate yourself, take responsibility for it. I don't believe what any doctor tells me. I come in with, if I have a problem, if one of my children does, my wife, whatever, I go in armed. I, well, I know everything why. I need to know before I sit down with that person. You may not know everything you need to know, but yes, going in with a very good, solid foundation of knowledge is always very smart. Well, let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. We were, our most recent book, which, by the way, disappeared almost without a trace, was called Top Screw-Ups Doctors Make and How to Avoid Them. And we took exactly the perspective that you're alluding to right now, and that is that before you even walk into a health professional's office, you need to start with your own homework. It turns out that doctors misdiagnose people at an extraordinary rate. I mean, anywhere from about 60 to 80,000 people all the way up to over 100,000 people are misdiagnosed and die every year as a result of it, and that's just in hospitals. That doesn't count nursing homes. It doesn't count outpatients. It doesn't count outpatient surgery. So even before you get to the doctor's office, you need to do some homework and try to figure out the best you can what possible symptoms may be contributing to your condition and then talk to your doctor about it. But that's just the beginning. Well, let's take a look. I'm sorry. Let's take a look at as an example of this. A lot of different uh, health issues mimic other health issues. One of the biggest ones would be thyroid disorder. Correct. Uh, a lot of doctors don't pick up on that because you know the thyroid is basically the idol, the carp. You know, is what your is who you are. It's the center of your existence. It controls everything. These guys are women. A lot of times they don't pick up on the symptoms of it. If they do or suspect it, they run a test. And then there's always this controversy on where should the TSH level be? Should it be what the scale is, I think 0.50 right now to 4.50? Or should they narrow it where it's like, you know, 0.25 to 3.0? It all depends. Some people's bodies run better at a little higher or a little lower. But it seems like the doctors are kind of pigeonholed into sticking with whatever the numbers say, not what the people are telling them. Well, that is often the case, and to some extent, that may be because doctors are practicing somewhat defensive medicine. But we have always told people, first of all, you should know what TSH means, Mm -hmm. and it is thyroid-stimulating hormone. It is the hormone that your brain produces and sends to your thyroid to say, make more thyroid hormone, or in some cases, don't make any thyroid hormone if you don't have much TSH. Um, So if your TSH level is very high, and this is a little hard for some people to understand, but if your TSH level is very high, it means your brain is telling your thyroid, work harder, work harder, work harder, and yet that probably means that your thyroid gland is not producing enough thyroid, so your thyroid hormone itself is probably low. But it's not the only indicator. You know, so many doctors rely on TSH as the only measure of thyroid function. It turns out that there are a number of other metrics that are very important. And as you sort of alluded, how the patient feels may be as important in this equation as the numbers themselves. And so it's a, it's a combination. And patients 
and doctors need to work together. You know, even the specialists, the endocrinologists, have not always agreed on what number represents hypothyroidism. And so for an awful lot of people, they have been both misdiagnosed and mistreated for a very long time until they find a physician who really understands. Now, of course, John, as you probably are aware, some of the symptoms of an underactive thyroid gland are really not very specific. So people may say, I feel so tired, I can barely get out of bed. Or they may say, gee, I just feel down all the time. I'm not actively depressed, but I sure haven't felt good for a long time. Terry, you hit it. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you guys off for one second. I've got to roll into a break. We're going to come back. I want to stay on the thyroid issue. I want to get a little bit into natural thyroid medication and the synthetic version and kind of work around that. You're listening to Lifeline Ed. I'm your host, John Averly. I have Joe and Terry Graydon on. They run the People's Pharmacy. We'll be back in a few moments. Come out and meet the young artists of Chester County. Nearly 500 works of art created by Chester County High School students will be on exhibit to the general public at the Chester County Art Association in Westchester. The 40th annual Chester County High School Art Exhibition will begin on Saturday, April 5th and will be on display through Saturday, April 12th. A free reception and award ceremony will be held on Monday, April 7th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. for students, their families, and the general public. Exhibit hours are Tuesday through Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. The exhibit and the reception are free and open to the general public. The Chester County Art Association is located at 100 North Bradford Avenue in Westchester. The non-juried art show will feature work by students from throughout Chester County. The Chester County High School Art Exhibition is presented by the Chester County Intermediate Unit. For more information, please contact Jennifer Shealy at 484-237-508. Or call the Chester County Art Association at 610-696-5600. Kaylee, aren't you coming down? You're going to be late for school. I know. My glasses fell behind the bed and I can't get them. Hold on. I'll come up. Some things can be a little hard to reach, but then there are some things that are well within reach, like health coverage for your kids. Mommy, I can't reach my juice. You can't reach your juice? (laughs) Hold on. I'll be down. With Pennsylvania's Children's Health Insurance Program, your child can have checkups, prescriptions, dental, eye care, and more covered for free or low cost. So that no matter what they're reaching for... Hey, Mom, Brandon just totally wiped out on his skateboard. Chip is there for them. Chip covers uninsured kids up to age 19 who are not eligible for medical assistance. There is no waiting period to apply, so don't wait. Apply today. Visit ChipCoversPAKids.com to learn more or call us at 800-986-KIDS. Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Tom Corbett, Governor. Piano shoppers, don't miss your chance to save thousands on a new Kawhi piano through the end of March at Taylor's Music Store. Beat the April 1st Kawhi price raise, get a factory rebate, and take advantage of additional discounts on all new and used grands, verticals, and digital pianos in stock. Find your piano, sign up for lessons, and make playing music an important part of your life only at Taylor's Music Store, Westchester, where live music begins. Check our website at taylorsmusic.com. Hi, this is Peter Tork, sometimes of the monkeys, and you're listening to WCHEAM. 
Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Joe and Terry Graydon. They run the People's Pharmacy out of North Carolina. Great website. Guys, can you give us uh, the website address and, uh, again, maybe a couple of your most recent books? Oh, be happy to. People's Pharmacy, anything at the end. So, peoplespharmacy.com, peoplespharmacy.org, peoplespharmacy.net. Whenever you put People's Pharmacy into Google search, <laughs> you will find us. Now, books, Top Screw-Ups Doctors Make and How to Avoid Them is how to stay out of a hospital, hopefully, or if you do end up in a hospital or a doctor's office, it will give you checklists, questions, guidelines, how to avoid being harmed by health care. Then there's um, People's Pharmacy Quick and Handy Home Remedies and recipes and remedies from the People's Pharmacy, and the list just goes on and on. Now, before we took the break there, Terry, you and I were kind of talking about uh, the thyroid information on it, um, right. different things. Now, now I kind of want to come in an angle from this with you. I have a thyroid disorder. Uh-huh. Um, I assumed you probably did. Or yeah, I do. I do. I picked I up do. on it. Now, five do. or six. Yeah, you, you understand. Yes. When they finally got to me, my TSH level was around 10. Oh, my. Uh-huh. Well, the kind of scary part is I do work out, and I work out a lot. So imagine what it would have been if I hadn't taken, you know, tried to take care of myself and kept on moving forward. But the point being, over time in research, I even interviewed uh, Mary Showman. Uh-huh. You guys might know who she is. Uh, she's been a guest on our radio show many times. Yeah, she's very nice. I had her on with... Uh, the young girl from Baywatch, I can't think of her name, who's also a thyroid advocate. But going into it, uh, through research, I realized that um, the synthetic version, Synthroid, is not always his answer. There's also the natural forms like Armor Thyroid or Nature Thoid that were used many years before mm-hmm. the synthetic version came in. So I guess I want to throw at both of you, because it seems very obvious to me, how much... Does money play into this? Politics, um, you know, things along those lines. Is it health first? Is the Hippocratic Oath still in order? Or is it profits first and, hey, if we actually help someone, we're batting a thousand? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one and then let Terry uh, sort of play mop up. Um, it, you know, it's, it's easy to say it's, it's all the dollars, you know, follow the money. And, and sometimes that is really true. I think that there's also what I'm going to call... Um, groupthink. It's also kind of a a political process. And what I mean by that is when a young, impressionable medical student is told, this is the way the world is. This is what you're supposed to do when somebody has a TSH level of X, Y, or Z, and this is what you're supposed to prescribe, levothyroxine or Synthroid, because that's the best solution for your problem that young impressionable medical student or resident or ultimately endocrinologist believes that because that's what the leadership has said even if the patient comes back and says you know i'm just not feeling very good that synthroid it just isn't working as well now probably when synthroid was first introduced the issue of um, money was pretty important and the drug company was putting a full court press on all the docs to say, you really should prescribe this synthetic thyroid hormone because we can control it and make sure that the dose is very, you know, um, consistent from one batch to 
the next, and that's not true of the uh, natural desiccated thyroid, which is actually derived from dried animal thyroid glands. Um, so I think the money was significant at that point. At this point, however, the desiccated thyroid costs, I think, almost as much. Actually, it's less. It's less than what the copay on my insurance is would it? be. Yes. Okay. So it still does make a difference in terms in terms of the money. Um, my take on this, however, is that it really should depend on how the patient feels. We have discovered that Synthroid isn't as consistent from one batch to the next as it might ought to be. Especially with the generic formulation. Yes, yes, we'll get into that too. (laughs) Yeah, the, the FDA has approved a number of generics, but they can't be equally substituted dose for dose from one to the other. And some people just don't convert T4 to T3 the way other people do. And so that's why for some people, natural thyroid, whether it's in the form of armor thyroid or levo, you know, uh, nature thyroid, some people feel way better getting the T3, T4 combination than just getting the one alone. And so that's why it's up to the doctor and the patient to work together to find the right dose in the right formulation. Exactly. And we have actually even heard from a few people. More commonly, people will tell us, I feel better on the natural thyroid. We have had a few people contact us and say, I just didn't feel good on armor, um, and I'm doing better on the synthetic levothyroxine. So people need to pay attention to what their bodies are telling them and they need to be able to negotiate that with their physician. Well, going in uh, for myself, I actually caught my wife's thyroid a few years ago. It had jumped up to, I guess, from the low twos up to a mid three in about a year. And I had her go in, and, and uh, she had a young doctor. It was almost a war to get this doctor to take a look at the natural thyroid. Even though I'd been on it with the head doctor at that point for two or three years, again, it was almost like a war. And I kept laughing about it to myself, and I'm thinking, we're the consumers. We're uh-huh. the ones telling you. We want to work with you. We need you. Uh-huh. But you have to work back with us. And it's just amazing to me that there is still this rigid stance on this is how it's going to be. You made some great points there. There are several different options open to working with the thyroid. Why do we have to just stay with one? And that goes with you know pretty much any other disease. Be glad there's options. Let's 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 work within those options. Let's not just decide that one or two are it. And if you if it's not working for you, too bad. You're staying with it. Exactly. I mean, you know, everybody looks different. Our fingerprints are different. Our eye color is different. Uh, our DNA is different. And the way in which we handle medications and dietary supplements is different. And so the idea that one dose fits all or one formulation fits all is nonsense. We have to figure out what works best. And doctors and patients have to work as a team. And so it's no longer the doctor is the quarterback and and we're, you know, the blocker. We have to all be on an equal setting and, and be able to really, I think, not just communicate, but also listen very carefully to what the other says and, and respect it. Well, this is a nice segue into the generic discussion uh, concerning, uh, you know, generic drugs, the FDA, education, pharmacies, uh, the pharmacists themselves. Now, I come from an angle with generics. I prefer 
at all costs not to touch a generic unless I absolutely have to. Because I've been there with the, with the pharmacist and the doctors when they look right at you and they go, it's the exact same thing. Right. It's the exact same thing. No, it's not. Well, the, here's the story, <laughs> John. For 25 years, we said just what you were saying. We, we bought into it. We drank the Kool-Aid. We said huh. generic drugs are identical to brand-name drugs. And a great way to save money. And if your doctor is going to insist on a brand name, find another doctor. Your doctor doesn't know what he or she's talking about. So we, we were in that camp until about 12 years ago when we started hearing from so many patients and consumers what you're saying now. The generic didn't work. The generic caused side effects. Um, there's something wrong here. And we began to investigate. And eventually we began to pay much more attention to our patients and, and to the people who came to our website, and all of a sudden we said, holy cow, there are problems. The FDA cannot monitor drugs abroad. Now, this is just about the time when the huge majority of, of, of drugs in the generic area were being made in countries like China and India and go on and on. And we began to sense a decade ago that the FDA didn't have the resources to monitor. Now, what do we know today? Well, just in the last couple of years, big, big, giant Indian drug companies like Ramboxy, Zip like Wachart, like uh, Sun Pharmaceuticals, um, the, the list you know, keeps growing, have been banned, or some of their plants banned from exporting drugs from India to this country because the quality wasn't there. It's all about the dollars. You, you alluded to it earlier. I mean, when a, when a 30 or 60 or 90-day supply of medicines at a big-box discount drugstore costs 4 bucks for a month or 10 bucks for three months, just imagine the cost-cutting that has to go on in order to make that possible. You're making, get cut. you're making my point exactly, Joe, and I really want to get into this with you and Terry. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I want to go into how the numbers are skewed a little bit, how we talk about active ingredients, fillers, how it all is kind of spun. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guests are Joe and Terry Graydon. They run the People's Pharmacy website out of North Carolina. We're talking health. Be back in a little bit. to know what's going on with your favorite celebrities when it comes to entertainment, fashion, beauty, fitness, and lifestyle? Well, tune in for The Bryn Project every Wednesday at 12.15 and every Saturday at 12. I'll even catch you up on childhood stars like Boy Meets World actor Will Friedle. By the time I hit 30, I stopped doing on-camera work entirely. I'm having too much fun doing the voiceover stuff. Find out the latest tour and album information from your favorite artists like pop sensation Carmen. When we were working on the album, we had so many songs recorded some of them sounded really fun and really Carmen, and I think a lot of the stuff that inspires us is really fun. Check out tips for balancing life as a working parent from people like actress Melissa Joan Hart. It was difficult because I was missing them a lot, but now we have decided to all get together more, and so we've been traveling back and forth across the country as a unit. Also, get motivated to get healthy with experts like Good Morning America contributor Tori Johnson. So I realized that rewarding myself with food is akin to an alcoholic celebrating a month of sobriety with a beer. And you never know what some of your favorite stars 
might say. The last time I was in Philly, they surrounded me and they were like, we love you on MTV, you're our favorite comedian. Aww. I was like, Aww. So you don't want to miss all the action. Check out The Bryn Project every Wednesday at 12.15 and every Saturday at 12, right here on WCG 1520 AM. What do I want? I want to be seen faster. I want to spend as little time in the waiting room as possible. Less waiting. More taking care of me. At Brandywine Hospital, you'll find a 30 minutes or less ER service pledge. 30 minutes or less? You can even find our average ER wait time online or with your mobile device. Don't wait when you need care fast. Turn to Brandywine Hospital. Learn more at brandywinehospital.com. Hi, I'm Bill White. You're listening to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Welcome back to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Averly. i got two great guests today, Joe and Terry Graydon. They run the People's Pharmacy out of North Carolina. Tremendous website. We're talking health, nutrition, vitamins, and now we're going to step into the generic drug area. Joe, before we took a break, we were kind of comparing, you know, what a generic drug, what's this, what's that. What I've learned over the years, um, I think there's like an 80%, 110% rule concerning, you know, the active ingredients and the method of the, you know, how it's administrated has to be the same, but the fillers don't have to be the same. So there is a lot of play within a generic medication compared to the actual brand name, correct? Well, yes, that is correct. The fillers do not have to be the same, and even the uh, 80-120 is so complicated that most people don't understand it well. But I'm going to tell you a little dirty secret that very few health professionals, pharmacists, or even patients have even imagined. And we discovered this, as I alluded to earlier, with the antidepressant Budeprion XL300. Now, the brand name, well, Butin XL300 was a very, very successful antidepressant, a once-a-day pill. It contained the ingredient Bupropion. And the way in which the technology that that drug released the active ingredients over a period of a, of a day, over 24 hours, was a patented process that was very special. It was a tiny little pill. It was what we call a membrane technology. Well, the generic companies, they could sell the active ingredient, the bupropion, because that was no longer under patent, but the technology, <clears throat> excuse me, for the for the release mechanism, was still under patent. So they had to come up with something different. And you can see on our website the size of the pills. Mm-hmm. The size of the, the brand name, well, Butrin, was very tiny, but the generic was very big. And it was a matrix technology instead of a membrane technology. Well, it's a little technical, but the bottom line means that it released the active drug quite differently. And so... People don't realize that that piece, the way in which the active drug is released from the pill, may not be identical, may be very different because it's still under patent. And the result is the way the drug gets into your body, into your bloodstream, and affects you can be just tremendously different. And that is why the FDA eventually, after we badgered them and after they finally did their own what they call bioequivalence testing, said, oh, oops, we made a mistake. 
for five years. <laughs> Millions of Americans were exposed to an antidepressant drug that didn't work as well as the brand name, worked differently, caused side effects, and, and we now have figured that out. And so, oops, we're going to take it off the market. Well, we don't know how many other drugs also have that same problem. So it's not just the inactive ingredients, which, as you point out, can be quite different. Mm -hmm. It's also the way the drug releases the, the medicine. And, John, that can have an impact on how the drug interacts or does not interact, as the case may be, with uh, whether you take it with or without food. This is something that uh, too many people don't pay attention to. Too many doctors don't actually tell you or even know themselves exactly how the drug is going to relate to your meals and the best way to take it with meals on an empty stomach. What does that mean? And uh, if it's going to be different from the brand name drug to the generic drug, that puts extra complexity into the mix. Well, this is where for me, again, I had to educate myself on this. I have a long-term illness I have to take care of, and that's fine. I take care of it. I do what I'm supposed to do, and I live with it. It doesn't truly affect my life, thank God. But several years ago, and I don't know how North Carolina runs. I'm not really sure how other states run this. But here in Pennsylvania, the pharmacist is allowed to change your brand name to a generic drug when you come to fill it without telling you. Now, there's a sign that says it, but that's amazing. Years ago, with this long-term illness, I came and I got my medication, and, you know, I, mean, I was much younger. I didn't think about these things. Over the next two weeks, I progressively got sicker. I mean, sick to the point where I lost, like, 15 pounds. I mean, I was really concerned there was a health thing here. And one morning, I was ready to take my medication. I happened to glance down at the bottle, and I realized it wasn't what I was used to taking all those years. It was a generic um, I immediately went back to the to the drugstore. I wanted to kill the guy, got to be honest. He points to the sign, and I said, okay, that's great. Dumb law anyway, but don't you feel that you should just at least tell me you're going to do it instead of just doing it? And his response right there was, it's the same exact thing. Uh, no, it's not. Does North Carolina have a law like that where well, they can just dispense? I, I hate to tell you, but yeah. a lot of states, maybe even the majority of states, have allowed that. And, and what's even scarier, I mean, that's scary enough, yeah. right? But even scarier, insurance companies can dictate this. So, you know, the doctor might write a prescription for drug X, a brand name, and the insurance company says, well, you know, we're not going to pay for that. You want that? You're going to have to pay $180. If you want that medicine... Uh, you're actually going to have to take the generic, and, and, and not even the generic of that drug. You can only have the generic of a similar drug. And you know that's when people can get into all kinds of trouble. And, and so it's not just the pharmacist. It's the pharmacist and the insurance company dictating what medicine you're supposed to get, and it may be different from what your doctor actually intended. Money. And, John, we talked about negotiating with the doctor and working with your doctor, and making sure that you and the doctor are on the same page about wh what treatment is working best for your body. And that makes a lot of sense when you're talking about one patient, one physician, or other health care prescriber. But if you're talking about trying to negotiate this with the insurance company and the pharmacy, that becomes very complicated. Well, John, do you have time for a quick story? Uh, yeah, well, let me step back and tell you something. I have done that. I have negotiated and have won 
with the drug companies, with the with the insurance companies, because I went on that. You just have to be persistent. Mm-hmm. Most people yeah. give up after the second or third time. And you time. have to enlist your doctor as an exactly. ally. Exactly. You have to be able to go there as a team. Yeah. Uh, it's a pain, but it, it can be pain. done. And, it's, and, and there are some doctors who don't want to be bothered. Uh, yeah, I had a doctor that said that, and I fired him, and I went and found someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So here's a quick story. Uh, our postman was put on a drug called Zantac. Yes. Brand name for acid reflux. This is back in the day when Zantac was a prescription drug. Right. And uh, and the insurance company said, no, 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 you can't have that. You're going to have to take cimetidine, which is the generic for Tagamet. Well, he reacted badly to cimetidine, and it ended up putting him in the hospital for weeks with something called Stevens-Johnson syndrome, where the skin on his body literally peeled off. It's like a terrible, almost third-degree burn. He almost died. He gets out of the hospital after God knows how much money being spent. I mean, literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. When to get his Zantac, and the insurance company said, oh, no, 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 you can't have the Zantac. You're going to have to take Cymedidine. He said, wait a minute, you just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to save my life because of that damn drug, and you want me to go back on that drug? <laughs> you're crazy. And he ended up paying for it out of his pocket for the Zantac. But, but that just demonstrates how bureaucracy can, can lead to all kinds of complications. The we need oversight. We need better oversight. When, it, when my opinion, when it comes to the FDA, when it comes to generic drugs in particular, they don't seem to be watched the way a brand name drug is. They don't seem to have that oversight. They're not held responsible for certain things where a brand name manufacturer would be. That comes down to money. That comes down to politics. That comes down to a whole host of things. Really, that kind of makes me sick because I think, you know, everyone, every company deserves a fair profit. Look, I'm all for capitalism. I work in the business world for the most part. I want that. But don't we have to temper it a little bit with saying, hey, this is a fair profit. This is good. But we also have the responsibilities to take care of our fellow human beings. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And and we are uh, somewhat encouraged by the new law that has, um, or the new initiative that the FDA has just started that will have it pulling uh, bottles of pills off the shelf to actually test. They haven't done that in the past for either brand name or generic drug uh, companies. And part of the reason that the generic, uh, that the uh, brand name companies, excuse me, have paid more attention to quality is that their name is on the bottle, their name is on the pill, and you know if you have taken a pill from a brand name company, you know where to find them, so to speak. That's much, much more difficult with a generic manufacturer. Now, here, here's part of the problem. It, it's been the honor system up until just now, <laughs> and you know, we don't, we don't trust restaurants to do the right thing. We actually have food inspectors who go in unannounced, I might add, Mm -hmm. to look around, get down on their hands and knees and make sure that there aren't some unpleasant things going on. Same thing with elevators. Yeah, you, you, you don't get in an elevator that hasn't been inspected. They have to be by law. But the Food and Drug Administration has been very lax when it comes to accepting data with generic companies. And as I said, over 80%, I think the number now is 84% of our generic drugs come from abroad. The FDA doesn't have the resources up until now. Hmm. And, you know, when it comes to China, 
oftentimes they can't speak the language. They have to let the companies know that they're coming weeks in advance. So these these announced inspections, um, you know, I, I just don't know that I could trust them. So bottom line, the honor system doesn't work. And I think you're right. We we need to have better oversight. Well, let me ask this. Now, getting staying with generics for a moment, then I want to get in some uh, vitamin quick questions for you for the audience. What were the generics now? authorized generic versions of a brand name that seems becoming more popular where the brand name manufacturer after they go off patent they design and make their own authorized generic of their brand name it's it's the same thing they just have it you know in a different box or how they promote whatever is that the way to go you think to allow more of the brand names to do their own authorized generics I do think that makes sense. I mean, it, it would be a little bit like the following. Let, let's say you wanted to buy a Ford Fusion because you said, okay, I checked Consumer Reports. It's a good car. It has what I want. I can afford it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Ford said, but I'll tell you what, we're going to make a car on the same production line with all the same parts as the Ford Fusion, and we're going to sell it for 50% less. But it's the same exact car. Now, you could buy the same similar car from Korea, and you might say, you know, I just don't know how they make it over there, and I don't know, you know, if anybody's really keeping an eye on, you know, the parts. I think I'll buy the knockoff Ford Fusion made on the Ford production line because I know it's going to be as close to identical as possible. That's what you're talking about. An authorized generic yep. is either made on the same production line as the brand name or... It's made under supervision and licensing of the brand name, and so I think that makes sense. But most pharmacists and most physicians don't even know there is such a thing as authorized generic. And that's where education such as this show, most definitely your show, your website, your books, everything that the two of you do is helping people, and that's why I wanted you on. We're going to take one last break. Listen to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Aberly. I have Joe and Terry Graydon on today. They run the People's Pharmacy. Be back in a few moments. My name is Nicole Zell, and I'm the new host of Soundstage. Every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m., we'll be featuring local musicians and upcoming artists. That's Soundstage, every Thursday, 4 to 5 p.m., with me, Nicole Zell, on WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Didn't think winter was ever going to end, did you? Well, to be honest, we weren't exactly sure either, but it's gone, out of here. And time to get back outside and do all the great things that have nothing to do with snow, like golfing, camping, hiking and biking, winery tours, or even horseback riding. All this is waiting for you here in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Whether it's a day trip with the family or a getaway weekend with friends, make Gettysburg your destination. Visit DestinationGettysburg.com to find out what springtime is all about. And you thought we were just history. Child sexual abuse can be prevented. The Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape knows all adults worry about the safety of the children they love. That's why they started the Vision of Hope Fund, to support programs that teach adults the warning signs of abuse and how to keep kids safe. We need your help to prevent sexual abuse, and it's easier than you think. Start by attending the 8th Annual Vision of Hope Gala and Silent Auction on March 29th at the Hershey Lodge, or donate online at visionofhopefund.org. Together, we can end sexual violence. Anthony, what's with the 
Irish dancing. Well, Jim, with your magically delicious deals this month, I'm certain I can help customers find their lucky ride. I do love doubling our customers' luck. So with trade-in values up to 130% of Kelly Blue Book, plus up to $8,000 off a new Kia, let's have a Double Your Luck event. Jim, that sounds magically delicious. So who needs marshmallow hearts, stars, moons, and clovers with my sweet deals? Drive a 2014 Soul for $99 a month, a new Sorento for $159 a month, or a new Optima starting at $19,995. That's crazy! It's time for the Double Your Luck event. Visit KiaofWestchester.com and KiaofCoatsville.com today. Always remember, Jim Sapala wants to see ya in a Kia. New Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. Sold $4,000 down, 36-month lease. Optima and Sorento, 36-month lease, one-time payment of up to $8,000 off dealer's posted price. All incentives included at pricing. Hi, I'm Ron Franklin, and you're listening to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Welcome back to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Aberly. I have Joe and Terry Graydon on. They run the People's Pharmacy. Joe, Terry, either one of us, can you give us the website again and maybe a couple books that we should be looking into? Be happy to. It's peoplespharmacy.com. That's the easiest. And you might want to look at top screw-ups doctors make, People's Pharmacy quick and handy home remedies, or recipes and remedies from the People's Pharmacy. And by the way, John, yes. we are from Pennsylvania. I ah. grew up in Bucks County, yeah. a little town called New Hope. I know exactly where you are. Exactly. We're out here uh, broadcasting from Westchester, out in uh, Chester County. That's what we heard. Yeah. And uh, my folks lived in Berks County for many years. Uh, right up the road from me. I live that's in the uh, Valley Forge area. Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know, halfway between Philadelphia and uh, the Reading Berks area, Berks County uh-huh. area. So we know it well. Uh, we live now in the Durham Chapel Hill part of North Carolina and um, still have fond memories of Pennsylvania. Great. I appreciate you guys telling us that. Now, with the last segment, about seven, eight minutes left, what I want to do is uh, just kind of touch on some vitamins, uh, different things along those lines for the audience. So I'm going to ask the two of you. Uh, if you had to take three vitamins, your top three, if that's all you could afford, what would be the three? Well, I'll speak first. Mm-hmm. I would uh, absolutely take vitamin C. Uh, I do every day. Uh, I take about 500 milligrams. I take magnesium. Okay. I take vitamin D3, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere between 2,000 and 4,000 international units, and I take a B-complex. Okay. Go, uh, 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 Terry, anything else you use? Well, I do take the vitamin D3, mm-hmm. and uh, I, actually, I actually take a niacin to kind of keep the cholesterol under control. So even though it's a vitamin, I, I consider it more of a medication. I agree with that. My top three of all I could afford, I use more, but this is the top three I would have to need, uh, good multivitamin, vitamin D3, and a good fish oil supplement for me. And we both take fish oil yeah. as well. There you go. So now I want to kind of get into fish oils a little bit here. There's a lot of good stories, recently some negative ones, which kind of surprised me. And also on a side note, um, Big Pharma's getting involved a little bit. They've come up with uh, Vesepa and Leveza, which is these are eh, somewhat altered versions of natural fish oils. What's your opinion on fish oils in general? And what's your opinion on this somewhat modified 
pharmaceutical type? Well, you know, one of the problems of the um, the big studies that get done is they, they try to do things as if they were pharmaceuticals. So mm. they want to isolate down to the single thing, and what they've done is they have shown that fish oil has not had the cardiovascular protection that we had assumed that it would. And that, I have to admit that that's a little disappointing. On the other hand, I do think that there are a lot of people who get benefit from fish oils as an anti-inflammatory. So for their, we'll call it for their joint pain, for example. We know for a fact, because the drug companies, as you point out, have gotten into this and have demonstrated quite successfully, mm -hmm. I might add, that fish oil lowers triglyceride levels. So if you have high triglycerides, and I do think that is a risk factor for heart disease, that there, there are two very good ways to get your triglycerides under control. Number one, a low-carb, low-starch diet, first and foremost. And then if you add fish oil to that, almost assuredly your triglycerides will come down into the normal range unless you have some metabolic problem. So we actually do think that fish oil makes sense as part of a good diet as well. We happen to like fish, so we eat it at least two or three times a week. I like to throw it in there for me, the fish oils. Uh, looking at if the cardiovascular is not where they say it should be at this point, I agree with you. Anti-inflammatory, very important. I think it does a lot of nice stuff for your skin. I also like what it appears to help with, uh, you know, mental health issues, depression, bipolar disorder, someone with ADD, a child. I like all of that. I don't think you can go wrong there. And then getting back into the cholesterol a little bit, we talked about statins earlier. Now, I work out, I take care of myself, eat a great diet, but genetically I'm predispositioned to high cholesterol. But I attacked it with red yeast rice, CoQ10, a little bit of niacin, Terry, mm -hmm. and add the fish oils in. And I was able to take my total from, I think it was 265, I think it's down to like 150 right now or something. Uh -huh. so, so I you, thought you that worked. Good numbers. Yeah, yeah, I thought that worked. Now, I can never seem to get my good cholesterol any higher than 35, though, for whatever reason. But I believe, again, that you can, you, you can supplement, you can find answers within the natural realm or work in conjunction with modern medication if you have to. I mean, do you guys kind of approach it that way, too? You could use that dual effect? Yes, we, we do, actually. And, and we find that's a little bit unusual, John. We, uh, we talk to some people who just are, are completely interested in the pharmaceuticals, and that's all they want to hear about, and they, they don't believe that uh, natural products are very helpful or can be trusted. And then on the other side, we talk to a lot of people who are very skeptical of pharmaceuticals and who want to do everything with natural products. And what we say is, let's use what works. If it's pharmaceutical and it works, let's use it. If it's natural and it works, let's use it. And let's, by all means, start with the common sense that our grandmothers really were promoting. Let's make sure that we're going out to play and getting our exercise, yes. that we're eating a balanced diet with plenty of vegetables, that we're not loading up on sugar and snacks, that we're getting our social interaction. That, too, is very important for our health. Common sense. That's what we're lacking. Common sense. You said getting out, doing something, sitting in front of that damn tube all day. 
interacting in Second Life or Call to Duty and all that stuff. Hey, I'm all for having a fun time with a game. If I walk in and find my kids sitting there for like the tenth hour, someone's going out the window because they're gonna they're gonna work out because they're gonna go out the window and have to walk back. But you know that's you know, I'm joking about that obviously. But those are the ways, and I see things a lot like you do. And what I like about how you guys approach this is within the next minute 30 going on this. Um, it, some people come at this where it's kind of scary. It's almost like a cult or something. And they preach and they preach and it's a little out there. You guys don't do that. You're offering solutions. You're offering choices. You just said a few moments ago, Terry, hey, you might need medication. We'll work within those boundaries. We can make this happen in a lot of different ways. I think that's what sells people to come into this world of health and nutrition because they don't feel like they're being forced or there's some weird thing going on. Well, we couldn't have said it better ourselves. (laughs) Common sense is the common denominator in all of this, and whether it's a prescription medicine that's appropriate in certain circumstances or whether it's a natural product or a dietary supplement, it just needs a little balance and perspective, respect, and good communication with the health professional. That's the ticket for good health. Joe, Terry, I really appreciate the two of you coming on. I'd like to stay in touch with you if that's all right. That would be great, John. Actually, Joe, real quick, give us again the website and a possible couple books. Sure. Peoplespharmacy.com. Protect yourself from healthcare harm with top screw-ups doctors make and how to avoid them. If you like natural approaches and home remedies, People's Pharmacy, quick and handy home remedies. You'll find it all at peoplespharmacy.com. Joe, Terry Graydon, you guys have a nice weekend, and thank you for coming on the show again. I know everyone learned a lot. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.